As a parent, do you want your children to grow up full of faith and courage? Then your children need to see a mom and a dad who are full of faith and are courageous. Here's Barbara Rainey. I think that that's our call as parents is to model a relationship with Jesus Christ that's authentic and strong and rooted in the rock. And that's what our kids will notice and they will follow that. And that's what we want. We want our children to grow a faith too. But we have to remember that we're modeling that in what we say and in what we do because our kids are paying attention. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. In times of instability, are you modeling for your children what it looks like to walk by faith and be full of courage? We'll talk more about that today. Stay with us. Welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us on the Tuesday edition. I have some counsel for those who might be trying to decide on a church home. If you should show up at a local church and the the worship pastor says, let's sing the great hymn, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, and let's sing verses 1, 2, and 4, you should leave that church immediately and you should never consider joining that church. Now, there are some hymns. First of all, I, I, I just The one, two, and four counsel of Bob Lapine. <laughs> you heard it first here on Family Life Today. There are some hymns where it's, it's fine to skip a verse if you want to, okay? Uh, I, I don't prefer it. I like to sing all of the verses of all of the hymns. I do too. I but agree. But I'm, I'm also aware that Charles Wesley did write some hymns that had 20 verses to them, so I get <laughs> narrowing it down to the best ones. But when it comes to Martin Luther's A Mighty Fortress is Our God, this is based on Psalm 40. And you can't go from verse 2 to verse 4 without skipping a big important big part in the middle. Psalm 40, huh? Exactly right. <laughs> and Psalm 40 is is that psalm that says God is our our rock, our fortress, our ever-present help in time of need. And I was thinking about the hymn and thinking about that that psalm with what we've been talking about this week because um, a, a fortress is a place that you go into to feel safe from an enemy that might be attacking you. And there are times in our culture today where we look around and go, it feels like I need a fortress just to rest for a little bit. And fortunately, uh, I'm married to a great woman who recognizes that not only do we need a fortress and reminds me of that in our marriage and our family, but also pinned both Bob and me underneath her foot and said, I've got to go into the studio (laughs) and share with our listeners the need for stability today. Let me just say, it was not a hostile takeover. It wasn't. We were <laughs> very you. happy. Semi, <laughs> semi-hostile. But she is all about a new plaque that she's developed that, interestingly, when she created it, she said, you know, we hadn't even talked about it on Family Life Today, and these things are flying out of the warehouse. It's, um, it's Isaiah 33, 6, and he shall be the stability of your times. Share why you uh, you have created this, sweetheart. Well, I think everyone is aware that we live in a very uncertain world. And it's not just in America, but it's all around the world. People are feeling 
the sand underneath their feet shifting. And people don't know quite what to do with economic changes. They don't know what to do with political changes. They don't know how to respond to changes in their family. Um, Life is an uncertain adventure. And when uncertainty comes or when instability is felt, we need to know what to do. We need to know how to respond. And the answer isn't to... um, isn't to go talk to somebody. The answer is to say, okay, Lord, I'm coming to you. You are my rock. You are my fortress. You are my stability. And I'm coming to you to find what only you can give me. And I think too often we have become dependent on the stability of our society, or uh, we, we're used to things being a certain way. And when they're not that way anymore, we feel a little bit adrift. We feel a little bit unsure of how to respond and what to do next. And so the idea for putting this verse on a plaque in a really pretty frame, too, is so that we can be reminded every day in our homes that Jesus is our stability. He is the one who never changes. He is the one who is the rock. He is the one who is our fortress. And so no matter what's happening personally or no matter what's happening uh, in our world around us, he will never change. And that is what gives me my security. Uncertain adventures demand leadership. And what Barbara's talking about demands leadership of men and women in all walks of life, whether you live in an apartment, inner city, suburban America, smaller towns across the country. These are days when individual followers of Christ need to know who they are and why they are here. Barbara and I were talking about uh, uh, just the whole need for leadership in the family in the midst of uncertain times, and I was reminded of a story that I told in my book, Stepping Up. Uh, It's a story about Sir Ernest Shackleton, who uh, at the age of 40 recruited men to go with him to the South Pole, the Antarctic. He took 27 men on December 5th, 1914. And all I can think about when I think about a ship sailing toward uh, Antarctica is... um, In December. Of course, that's the warm time of year down there. I I always think about Gore-Tex and Thensolate and gloves. None of that existed in 1914. None of it existed. They didn't have portable heaters. I mean, he created this ship out of what was called ironwood which was meant to, to be able to withstand the ice that they would have to break. And he took those 27 men and after 45 days at sea, ran into what was called heavy pack ice that trapped his ship in the pack ice and they couldn't get loose. They tried for three weeks, couldn't get out of the pack ice. I want to read you what leadership sounds like in uncertain times. This was written by the ship surgeon Alexander Macklin in his diary. He said this about Shackleton. Shackleton at this time showed one of his sparks of real greatness. He did not rage at all or show outwardly the slightest sign of disappointment. He told us simply and calmly that we must winter in the pack explained its dangers and possibilities, never lost his optimism, and prepared for winter. Hmm. Do you think we're headed into a a long winter season? I think we're in the winter. I I feel it. We're we're no longer the majority, Mm -hmm. no longer feel welcome necessarily in the marketplace with our opinions as we have in the past. 
So therefore, what are we going to do? How are we going to view ourselves in the midst of this? I think we were put here for such a time as this. Let, let me just recite through, if I can, the lyrics to mm-hmm. A Mighty Fortress, because I think it's instructive in the day okay. in which we live. Here's Luther, who was living in a turbulent time, and he wrote, A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Our helper, he, amid the flood of mortal ills, prevailing. No matter what's going on, God's going to prevail above that flood of mortal ills. For still our ancient foe, and that's the devil, does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate on earth is not his equal. You get there and that's kind of depressing. That's why you got to sing the rest of the hymn. That's right. Did we in our own strength confide our striving would be losing? In other words, if we thought, I'll take care of this, Mm -hmm. our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Dost ask who that may be? Christ Jesus, it is he, Lord Sabaoth his name, from age to age the same, and he must win the battle. So you don't fight this on your own, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word, I love that, one little word will fell him. And what's the word? Well, that word, above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abides. The spirit and the gifts are ours, through him who with us sideth. And then it says, you come to the end here, let goods and kindred go. Don't hang on to your stuff. Don't even hang on to people if they're keeping you from him, right? Mm -hmm. This mortal life also. Death to self. The body they may kill. God's God's truth truth abideth abideth still. still. His kingdom is forever. I mean, I get chills Mm -hmm. just reading Mm -hmm. it. but, But when I'm in unstable times, when I'm thinking, okay, Where do you find help and hope? Psalm 46, that's the psalm that this was built around. Uh, That hymn is a great reminder of where our stability, where our anchor is. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great reminder that throughout the ages, what has been the rock for Christians in the past is the rock for us today. Mm -hmm. And that rock is Jesus Christ. And so Luther taught us in that hymn, that that is where our dependence needs to be, not on people, but only on God and on his word. How do we help kids get a sense of that, not just get it up here, just mm-hmm. in their heads, but how do, how do we teach our kids how to be anxious for nothing mm-hmm. and how not to fear uh, what do we do? We have, as moms and dads, we have to have lots of conversations with our kids about these things because they're going to encounter difficulties in school and with neighborhood kids and in their life as they grow up, regardless of what's happening in the world around them. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. And moms and dads who aren't teaching their children how to handle trouble are setting their kids up for great disappointment because those kids are going to be trusting in their circumstances and not trusting in Christ. And and I just want to I want to insert here Barbara and I give each other permission 
to be sad about circumstances, to be grieved about what's happening, to right. spill out maybe discouragement around what we're seeing as, as individuals, both in our marriage but also in our family. And I think something that's real healthy here is to give your kids permission to articulate what they're feeling and experiencing too because it's real. And if it's if the family is a safe place for kids to go, you know, I'm, I'm kind of scared. This is kind of unsettling to me as a boy. I think those are great moments in that young man's life or a young lady's life where you can come in and say, thanks for sharing that. Loss is real. We need to talk about how we are mm-hmm. grieving certain losses in our lives, but we need to move from that loss back to stability mm-hmm. and how God is our refuge. Mm-hmm. During times of war or conflict, kids can often be afraid, wondering how close the war is yeah. to where they live. And and in some cases, there's reason to be alert to uh, uh, to danger, but there's a difference between being alert to danger and being uh, full of fear, isn't there? Yeah, and being overtaken by it. And I think that's the job of parents is to listen to your kids' fears, talk to them about them, pray with them, hug them, love them, comfort them, and try to help correct the situations that they find themselves in. So parents are supposed to be protectors. We're supposed to take care of our kids. But there will come points in which mom and dad can't fix everything. And even in the midst of the things that you can it, the, the hope is always to point our children back to Jesus. And it reminds me of a story that I read probably 20 years ago. I read a little tiny piece uh, of an article that was about the Armenian genocide that happened in the early 1900s, 1914 and 15. And it was the story of what one mother said to her daughters in the midst of that. And I, just a few years ago, I found the book that was written by this same family that told the details of that story. And I felt like when I ordered it and found it and it came in the mail, I felt like I had this treasure chest of pearls. It just, it felt like this exquisite gift that I had just gotten. And it was a used copy, paperback copy of this book. But it was written by the woman who was the little girl at the time. And she tells the story of how her family uh, was a Christian family, and they um, they had great friendships in their community, and they did things together. And she grew up singing all these Christian songs and playing safely in their backyard, climbing trees, and doing all the things that normal children do. And then one day, she was about 11, and World War I broke out. And when the war began, things changed in their country. She And Armenia is a, is a portion of the country of Turkey. And so the political and governmental climate in the country of Turkey changed dramatically. And all of a sudden, her Christian family was not safe anymore. Her mom and dad were not safe anymore. And neither were the other Christian families that they were friends with either. And so her parents were talking to her and her little sister, but they were also preparing them that This might not turn out well for us, but no matter what, we're going to believe in Jesus, and I want you to remember that. And so one day, the soldiers came to the village, and the soldiers arrested her father and took him away. And she watched, as the oldest of the two children, she watched where they took her dad. And she ran over there later in the evening and found where he was, and he he had been beaten badly, and he was tied up in chain, and he got she got down on the ground, and put her little head next to his, and started talking to him. And this is what her her daddy said to her. He said, "Elizabeth, never give up Christ, no matter how much suffering might come." 
Christ died for us, and we can be as brave as his name. That was the last time she ever saw her father. Mm -hmm. And I was so struck by the fact that that father had the presence of mind to tell his little girl who he wanted to protect, who he wanted to rescue, who he wanted to save from all that was coming, and he couldn't do it. And so he did the next best thing, really the very best thing, but he put her hand in the hand of Jesus. He took her heart and turned it toward God who was over all. And then the story goes on to say that not long after, I can't remember now if it was months or a year later, um, she and her little sister and her mother were rounded up again by the soldiers, and they were all shipped off to another part of the country. And there, they uh, all three of them began to work for different families as a way to survive and a way to hopefully endure throughout the war. And one day, her mother managed to get away, and she found Elizabeth, who was still 11 or maybe 12 by then at the time, and she said, my time of suffering has come. Tomorrow they're taking everyone who does not renounce Christ and claim allegiance to Muhammad. They're taking all of us away. And this is what she said. So the mother that now had her moment with her daughter, and she said, I cannot give up Christ, no matter how much you girls will need me. And when I read that as a mom, it just broke my heart because the last thing a mom wants to do is to let her kids be taken, to let her kids suffer. We would, we would rather be killed than watch our children suffer. And yet she clung to Christ. She said, I cannot give up Christ, no matter how much you girls will need me. She said, I cannot give him up. I know that he will watch over both of you. After crying together, Elizabeth writes, my mother ran back to her Turkish home. And the next day, the soldiers came and took all the adults and marched them away into exile, and they all died. So now Elizabeth is an orphan, she and her sister. And the rest of the book goes on to tell how God did indeed rescue the two of them and kept them safe through the end of the war. And at the end of the war, they were able to emigrate to the United States, and they both lived normal lives from then on. But I just couldn't get over the depth of faith of these two parents, of this mom and this dad, who when they wanted with every fiber of their being to take care of their two precious girls that they loved dearly, clung to Christ and trusted that God was big enough to take care of them. And I wondered when I read that 20 years ago, I thought, could I do that? Mm. Could I trust God with my children? And yet it's the question that I think all parents have to look to. We all have to answer that question. Is God big enough to take care of my children? So as we look at the uncertain times that we're living in, it's nothing like that. But we feel that same anxiety. We feel that same instability. We feel that same fear. And the answer is still the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still on his throne. He can still be trusted. He can still take care of us. And that's the message we need to teach our children so that they will grow up and they will be able to do the same. They will be able to put their faith in Christ and trust in him. You tell that story that you've shared with us today in, in a book you wrote called Growing Together in Truth that's a collection of stories designed to be read mm -hmm. uh, as a family uh, to help encourage and strengthen faith. And and I think the main thing, as I heard you telling the story, the main thing that, that came home to me is if our kids are anxious and fearful, they're probably picking it up mm -hmm. from us. Mm -hmm. And if our kids are going to be full of faith— 
they're picking it up from us. They really do take their cues Absolutely. from how they see us responding to human events. And that's what's so stunning to me about this story is that this mother and this father portrayed a really strong faith to those girls. And those girls picked up on that. And I, I think that that's the real question for moms and dads. Do you really believe that God is big enough? And will you will you grow your faith so that you can pass on that kind of faith to your children? As Barbara was um, reading that story, I thought, as parents, we have two assignments. One, we are to be spiritual commentators on the times. A commentator is providing context for what is taking place. And as a parent, we need to be providing spiritual commentary. We need to be talking about it from the Bible, looking at life, talking about what's happening here, what's going on. These are these are, are days that are ripe with opportunity. But the second aspect of being a parent that we dare not miss is parents are to be spiritual priests. Mm-hmm. They are to direct faith. They are not to be ashamed of what they believe. But as you just said, Bob, they need to have a faith, be living it out, but directing their children at knowing how to process this. And in a time of crisis like this father was facing as as he was dying, he was just doing what he had always done naturally. He was placing his faith in Christ. And as he took his daughter's hand and put it in the hand of Christ, as you said, Barbara, he was just doing what he'd always done with his mm-hmm. little girl. Mm-hmm. It's and, not In a time of crisis, you don't do something extraordinary if you haven't been doing it before. And he was modeling for her what authentic faith looks like. And I think that that's our call as parents is to model a relationship with Jesus Christ that's authentic and strong and rooted in the rock. And that's what our kids will notice, and they will follow that. And that's what we want. We want our children to grow a faith, too. But we have to remember that we're modeling that in what we say and in what we do, because our kids are paying attention. Mm. I know you have been involved in helping to put together the devotions that we have created, a series of 10 devotions for families to read through, interact around, all related to this issue of how we cultivate stability in our lives, where our security comes from. And if you've got the Family Life app on your smartphone or your device, you can pull it up and hit where it says Help and Hope, and you can get these 10 devotions available so you can use them with your family at a mealtime or just together as a couple go through these devotions. Uh, If you don't have the Family Life app, it's available from your app store. Just look for it and download it so that you have access to more of our content and access to this daily radio program as well. You can also download the 10 devotions when you go to our website, familylifetoday.com. And that's where you can see the Isaiah 33.6 stability plaque that Barbara has created that is available for order. You can order it online so it can hang in your home. Or you can call 1-800-FL-TODAY to order the plaque. Again, the website is familylifetoday.com, and our toll-free number to order is 1-800-358-6329. That's 1-800-F as in family, L as in life, and then the word today. Now, tomorrow we want to talk more about how we can cultivate in our own heart a sense of peace and a sense of stability even when the 24-hour news channels are telling us that our world is in trouble and there's no hope. 
We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Hope you can be with us for that. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, along with our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you back next time for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.